The information provided is for informational purposes only and is subject to change without notice. This podcast session does not constitute, either explicitly or implicitly, any provision of services or products by Parity Technologies, also known as Parity. All statements, including forward-looking statements made regarding companies, securities, or digital assets, are strictly beliefs and points of view held by Parity or guest speakers, and are not endorsements by Parity of any company or recommendations by Parity to buy, sell, or hold any security or digital asset. Parity and its clients, as well as its related persons, may, but do not necessarily, have financial interests in securities or digital assets or issuers that are discussed. Welcome to Relay Chain, a podcast produced by Parity Technologies, where we discuss all things Substrate, Polkadot, and Web3. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another exciting episode of the Relay Chain podcast. I'm super excited. I'm here with two amazing folks, Tomash and Shiga from the Origin Trail Project, a OG project in the space um, that is moving into the Polkadot space as well, as you may have already heard. Uh, but we're going to dig deep into the project today and, and get to know some of the details of um, what they've been working on. Um, so welcome, Shiga and Tomash. How are you all doing today? Very good. Hey, thank you very much for having us. Yeah, it's been a... It's been a good day. It's been a few good weeks. It's uh, it's exciting, and it's great to be here. Awesome. Yeah, I think we're just going to dive right into it. And and normally, I like to start very high level, and then we drill down as we speak and see where the conversation takes us. So uh, I'm not sure who wants to take this one, but who wants to give us a very high level overview of what Origin Trail is? <laughs> All right. Uh, that will be me. Uh, essentially, Origin Trail is an ecosystem behind the decentralized knowledge graph. Uh, and decentralized knowledge graph is organizing uh, world's most important assets, be it uh, physical assets or digital assets or real world assets coming from um, supply chains. So physical assets that we can touch and see uh, and making those assets essentially discoverable, verifiable and, and valuable through this decentralized knowledge graph technology. And decentralized knowledge graph technology has um, has been around for a while now. The network was launched back in 2018 uh, after we introduced the token. And uh, also after that, the, the, the network itself has uh, gone through a very kind of uh, accelerated uh, adoption uh, journey. The Origin Trail network has been used by many companies from supply chains. So right now it's being used by uh, majority of uh, North American retailers to exchange audit reports. And all of these auditing reports are essentially encompassing over 40% of all the imports to the United States. So we kind of pride ourselves with the adoption in supply chains. And these assets that are being exchanged in decentralized knowledge graph network are essentially assets that are also then going to be transitioning towards the Polkadot ecosystem as we deploy the technology uh, fully on the substrate technology. Um, we have a very active community uh, within Origin Trail. They have been setting up nodes within the network. They have been uh, making videos, even rap songs. On the other hand, we also have an ecosystem participants, which are a little bit more enterprisey uh, because they use technology for their enterprise purposes. One of such uh, use cases I already mentioned. So it's a kind of a very, very uh, lively community of both uh, Web3 participants, so people from the crypto sphere and people from a little bit more traditional enterprise world. And all of this is creating a very, very nice and interesting mesh of uh, like technology-driven enthusiasts and also on the other side, uh, people and communities, uh, the enterprises which are validating the technology as, as they're using it. Wow, that that's amazing. There's so much that I want to unpack there. Trying to keep it high level still and uh, as we move down. So you mentioned there's a lot of uh, different folks that are involved in the project, a lot of different types of people in doing some of the research uh, for this, which is you know, your project has been around for a long time, so it's very well documented. It was very easy. I found that you've identified like four key users, the data providers, creators, holders, and viewers. Can you talk about these different um, users or, and what their role is in the ecosystem? 
Sure. Let me dive into the uh, the different user groups that we have uh, within the Origin Trail Decentralized Knowledge Graph and really bring it up to speed also to the kind of current state of Origin Trail ecosystem. Uh, so let's kick it off with asset publishers. Uh, on one hand, this is like the, the group that really focuses on putting assets on the Decentralized Knowledge Graph, and it's a very colorful group uh, at that. You can find Enterprise, like Giga was speaking before about uh, you know, publishing as uh, publishing audit reports as an asset. You can publish a physical product as an asset. You can also publish stuff like digital art or NFTs as an asset as well on a decentralized knowledge graph. Uh, so whoever is publishing those assets or updating them, so adding certain stuff to it, building out this this graph of information about a particular asset, those will be counted as asset publishers. Uh, on the other hand, we have asset consumers. So those will be the users that are looking at those assets. So anyone trying to query, find a particular asset and verifiable information or verifiable data around a particular asset is considered a, an asset consumer. So those are kind of like the, the two sides of the publisher and the consumer. And then in the middle, what we found find is basically the decentralized knowledge graph, which consists of a public infrastructure, which is a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer, uh, network uh, run by nodes. So globally deployed uh, nodes, which is currently over 2,500 of them uh, around the globe, upholding this decentralized knowledge graph. So they're the DKG node runners. And uh, from their perspective, uh, they are actually the infrastructure that the asset publishers are compensating for things like data longevity. So the, you know we have that data persistence that uh, is required and expected from a decentralized uh, system. And that is also the basis of this uh, of the tokenomics between uh, in, inside the decentralized knowledge graph. Okay. All right. It's starting to become a little bit clearer to me. So there's this decentralized knowledge graph, and then there's also this blockchain, uh, which are two separate entities, which I want to I want to get into. But first, I want to ask, like, wh why do we need Origin Trail? Like, what is the, the problem that this project is solving? Yeah, so essentially uh, what Google did for discoverability of information, Origin Trail has, has been doing for discoverability of assets. And if we want to really make assets discoverable throughout different uh, legacy ecosystems like the, the legacy systems used by the companies or even different uh, blockchains, and right now we have multitudes of blockchains which are not interoperating amongst themselves properly, with one exception, which is Polkadot, uh, we can come to that a little bit later. We need a certain middleware that is going to be capable of connecting information about assets from different legacy systems as well as blockchain ecosystems. And Origin Trail does just that. So it's essentially it is a Google for Web3 uh, driving discoverability of assets. In addition to what Google does, and, it, uh, and Origin Trail is completely different than Google in that sense, is that it also brings verifiability of inf information because it's based on, on different uh, blockchains. And it, also the network itself underpinning the decentralized knowledge graph is being governed by cer certain game theoretical mechanisms. So it brings verifiability of those assets. And then the third component, which is value of assets. We believe that the value of assets is a function of visibility, discoverability of assets. So the more eyeballs you can get on a certain assets, the more valuable that asset is. So henceforth, Origin Trail is not only driving discoverability, uh, discoverability, verifiability, but also value of asset. And these three kind of components are also the reason why Origin Trail needs to exist. And if we look at the examples in supply chains, where Origin Trail essentially is not only driving discoverability, but also verifiability of certain claims, henceforth assets, uh, we really need such systems because only by having these systems, we can really prove that things that have transpired in important systems such as supply chains are really serving the humanity, that uh, products were not uh, tampered with. One such example is the pharmaceutical industry we're involved in. We're also helping uh, donor organizations, pharmaceutical companies, to be really sure that the don donated medicines that were um, dispatched to thir third world market, also India, uh, are traceable and that they can really sh see and uh, that um, users of those medicines can prove that the medicine has reached the, the intended destination and it was applied uh, for the, the, the patients where you know, these people need those medicines. And you cannot do such an operation without a system such as Origin Trail, which is driving also verifiability of such claims. 
so we see origin trail to not only be important for like uh, the things which are happening right now in the Web3 space and are sometimes esoteric for the mainstream uh, users, actually origin trail is intended to alleviate certain pains, uh, poor transparencies, kind of opaqueness in supply chains and in other systems of human activity. And in that way, uh, we see that origin trail has a lot of applicability and also noble wise for its existence. That's awesome. Supply chain is a is a one of the first um, use cases that I heard for blockchain when I entered the space in, in 2017 and 2018. And that's when I first heard about Origin Trail because you guys have been around since back then. Um, so let's do a little bit of a history lesson. Um, you guys started on the Ethereum blockchain uh, as an ERC-20 token, and then you've expanded to all of these other different chains. Uh, let's talk about how that went and and why that happened yeah it's, it's been a long history actually the tomash myself and the third co-founder Branimir, we already met each other in in high school actually so it's been over uh 15 years i i guess since, Stop counting. Uh, since we, <laughs> we were getting old uh and uh soon after uh, as, as soon as we finished our college Actually, we, we were about to finalize the, the master's degree, but we never finished it because we decided to pursue our passions within the transparency and trust space. Uh, also, Branimir, uh, he, he's, he's actually the only one uh, who, who finished his master's because he he really needed that uh, as an engineer. Uh, but anyhow, a <laughs> long story short, uh, we started working seriously on uh, certain supply chains projects already back in 2010 when we helped uh, local uh, producers of organic products to differentiate themselves against uh, cheap imports by uh, revealing more information about the products, organic products to consumers. And that was a centralized system. Back, back in the days in 2010, blockchain was not mentioned as a, as a trust network that could be used for supply chain purposes. So we started by building uh, centralized systems up until 2016 when we started implementing uh, Ethereum initially, and then also saw that blockchains and supply chains are not immediately reconcilable. And this is when also when, uh, when Origin Trail open source technology was born initially through white paper. And then in 2019, in the beginning of 2019, as a network, as a decentralized knowledge network. So we have a history. Uh, and also we have a lot of we have had a lot of iterations based on the real world experience, which really helped us deliver a technology that can really serve the purposes, the noble purposes, which which we feel are most important, um, which which someone has to kind of uh, tackle. Yeah, it was like the, the the whole you know since the inception of of, uh, of Origin Trail of, of OT, the expansion was like a a red threat throughout it because um, every, there was a few inflection points that really enabled um, further exponential growth as they happened. Uh, you mentioned that we started off on Ethereum. Um, which is correct, and and you know in in that time, 2017, it was uh, looking at the capabilities that uh, Origin Trail as a um, kind of like a layer above network required was really strong smart contract functionalities. Um, Ethereum at the time was really like yeah, you know uh, years and years ahead uh, com compared to anything else that was that was on the market that really was in production and stuff that we were working on needed production level capabilities. It wasn't really that we were messing around with test nets from the get go these uh, things that we were working on were deployed in in production on decentralized uh, infrastructure but as a design origin trail was always designed as a multi-chain uh, network so it was always intended that as a again layer above so like a layer two um, net peer-to-peer -peer network uh, it could connect to multiple blockchains and this is this has then been realized uh, last year in 2021, when uh, we have uh, created the first uh, implementations on, on uh, some of the um, kind of additional next to Ethereum, Polygon, and Gnosis chains uh, were were enabled, uh, which is great because we could validate that uh, that stuff like um, that, that actually the network could be connected to multiple different blockchains at the same time. On learning at the same time also about how Polkadot is approaching the whole multi-chain future um, and an interoperability across blockchains is again was in our eyes something that really was aligned with how we were thinking about the future of web3 uh, from the architecture perspective from the perspective of the value propositions that it should have and what really origin trail was already focusing on and trying to achieve um, so polkadot was really uh, kind of well suited to be looked at and at and 
a very powerful component that can be added next to the DKG, so to the decentralized knowledge graph, to really enhance it even more. Uh, so that's really where also kind of we were uh, we, we decided that that path may, makes a lot of sense to bring DKG capabilities to Polkadot and unleash those network effects that we were already working on or are already working on within the DKG level, but then also have a blockchain layer that can further um, supercharge that whole thing. So um, that, that's kind of where we see, again, another huge boost. And all these different steps were exponential growth moments, and, and those are ahead as well. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it, it's so interesting to, to hear that um, you guys had this vision from so long ago, uh, starting on Ethereum and then slowly moving on and migrating to uh, different chains. And, and soon you're going to be coming to uh, to Polkadot. And, and this was the goal from the start. And we're going to talk a bit more how um, you are able to have an, uh, an instance of your project on all of these um, blockchains, but still be able to communicate. So yeah, like what, what are the, the implications of having your, your token and technology on all of these different chains? Like how do they communicate and, and what does that mean for the ecosystem that you're serving? Mm. Uh, yeah, for, first and foremost, when we when we really went multi-chain last year, it meant, it meant immense uh, efficiency gains. Uh, using uh, two other chains besides Ethereum, initially uh, today's Gnosis X, XDAI, and uh, Poly Polygon, which used to be Matic, it really kind of brought certain efficiencies that we needed, uh, and especially working in supply chains. Supply chains are very cost um, sensitive, and this really expanded the network itself. So the decentralized knowledge graph essentially grew, um, I think, over 15 times in just a few months because of that uh, feature that we implemented so uh, attachment to other chains um, and of course we're talking about different uh, consensus mechanisms so this is uh, mostly the reason why these um, massive efficiency gains uh, we, we kind of uh, were able to attain them and uh, perhaps the main difference between what we see with, with Polkadot and other chains that we're attached to we would not be sacrificing um, I would say efficiency whilst uh, not re uh, retaining the level of decentralization with, with Polkadot. And that's the main value proposition here, besides the network effects that we aim to attain by, by implementing also integrating with, with Polkadot. Uh, and this is really also something that we feel very um, um, excited about. Uh, what Tomasz mentioned, network effects, whilst retaining decentralization, also whilst retaining uh, cost effects is something um, which we believe Origin Trail is really going to be flourishing uh, into in, uh, on into the future. We even have uh, one of our advisors is uh, a formulator of the network effects law, Dr. Bob Metcalf. They even named the law after him, Metcalf's law. And uh, it's it's really not a coincidence that we aim to base everything that we do on the network effects and. The main difference also between uh, other chains and the, the, the Polkadot as a layer zero is that, is that you can also seamlessly interoperate with other uh, participants, with other projects in the ecosystem without having to sacrifice the, the efficiency, very much needed efficiency and retaining the decentralization. And this is where kind of the, the bread and butter of the uh, Origin Trails integration to Polkadot is going to be created because the collaboration between for example, us and also Akala, which has been our partner for a while now, and other parachains and Polkadot ecosystem, is really not only going to be a sum of its parts, but much more than that. And if we look at the uh, law of network effects, we can at least theoretically calculate what, what this effect is going to be. And we count on this effect to really be a tremendous effect on uh, not only us as a origin trail ecosystem, but on each and every uh, parachain that is going to be in some way interacting with uh, with the origin trail decentralized knowledge graph. Okay, uh, this is we're getting into the juicy bits now. Uh, we we've <laughs> kind of tiptoed around it uh, a little bit, but we've mentioned the decentralized knowledge graph, the DKG, a couple times. Uh, but we also know that like origin trail is a blockchain in itself. So. Can you please dispel the mystery for me? What are these two different entities and, and how do they work together? Sure. So basically, 
they are two different network layers. You could you can picture them like that, right? So well, we look at blockchain as a trust network, uh, which is great for things like transactions, things like smart contracts um, and identities and, st- and stuff like that, which is inherently what blockchains were designed for. They weren't really designed for handling data, especially not connected data. And this is what knowledge graphs, on the other hand, were. Um, so the knowledge graph is technology used by, you know, most popularized by Google uh, as they mapped out the World Wide Web. Today used by Amazon to give you product recommendations, Netflix to let you know which series you're going to watch, NASA for handling their <laughs> a lot of linked data that they're doing. So wherever you have like linked and structured data, knowledge graphs are, are, are found there. Uh, so what we've done is basically we've taken the knowledge graph as a as a database and we overlaid it over a decentralized network so you created a decentralized knowledge graph and that is up upheld by a origin trail network so this is the the network of a few thousands of nodes globally which are upholding this decentralized database performing as a decentralized knowledge graph and this knowledge graph is then connected to the blockchain underneath. Uh, so we do have two separate layers. So blockchain layer, and then there's a uh, there's a decentralized knowledge graph uh, layer, which are separate in their infrastructure as well. So they're they're entirely separate, but they're connected because the relationship between the users of the DKG and the DKG infrastructure, so the nodes, is is done in a trustless way using smart contracts on on the blockchain. And because of its design. Um, it can function on multiple blockchains at the same time, as long as those nodes that are a part of the infrastructure are present on these different uh, blockchains, right? Uh, so that's the that's basically the the requirement. And then, yeah, we we have this very resilient kind of. Uh, setup where you have a network being able to rely on multiple blockchains so if you know one goes down or something happens that makes users go away from a particular blockchain ecosystem they have other options to look at and still use the same kind of layer two uh, network that is origin trail decentralized uh, knowledge graph so that's the that that's kind of uh, the division and what we're seeing right now with with parachain uh, capabilities or what Polkadot really brought forward as, as well with substrate technology is that we can create a blockchain layer which is going to be entirely tailored for the DKG. Uh, so that's that's the cool part because, uh, the, you know, they are two components, uh, but right now we have a technology that where we can design the blockchain layer in a way that it's going to be um, as performant as possible uh, to really make the best use of, of the DKG. So that's, that's something that we are very excited about as kind of this multi-chain future also within Polkadot starts to go forward is you're going to have a tailored piece of technology, but others will be able to leverage it via the, the relay chain. So that's like a, uh, that's a, that's a very interesting setup. And, uh, you know, it goes very well with what Giga was speaking about before on, on the network effects. Yeah, so I guess the main delta between just using other chains and uh, getting our own uh, purposefully built uh, parachain, Polkadot parachain, is that there is going to be a efficiency gains. And secondly, the parachain is going to be tailored for the needs of, of the DKG in a way that we can also deliver certain network effects to, whilst being connected to to other parachains in the ecosystem. And the cool thing is that in the moment when we uh, when we integrate um, our own parachain, we are going to be able to transition all the adoption footprint from other chains onto the origin trail parachain. So I guess the main, I would say, difference and one of the biggest value propositions of Origin Trail on Parachain, so Origin Trail Parachain, is going to be that the adoption, the real world adoption is going to start happening in the moment when Origin Trail Parachain is, is fully deployed. Ah, uh, okay. So let, let, me, let me see if I got this right. So in the current state, you have... Um, instances of uh, i guess your own your own suite of co- smart contracts on these different blockchains on ethereum on on gnosis and and polygon and these smart contracts all allow users to interact with them and and they filter through to then touch the decentralized knowledge graph the same decentralized knowledge graph correct correct very yes. cool and so the goal here is that once you migrate to your parachain all of the traffic from those separate blockchains is going to be also migrated to your parachain. Yes. Yeah. So that's the that's the idea, right? Because we didn't have so far a tailored blockchain layer, and parachain makes this possible. So mm. that's the that's why we feel it. The the proposition of having something that's so tailored for the use of DKG 
should drive the traffic towards the the parachain. Uh, of course, it's a decentralized thing. If someone wants to use A, B, or C, they you know they they, they can. Uh, but just the yeah, the, like the value proposition of having something that's tailored, we it's it's very strong. And for the first time, the Origin Trail ecosystem is going to have a blockchain layer component. Okay, cool. How does it work when? Because uh, I know you guys also announced that you're going to be launching on Akala. So how does that work? Where you're going to have an instance of of your smart contracts on Akala, similarly to how you have on Gnosis or, or Polygon. Does anything about that change when you get a pair chain? Does that also get migrated? Yes and no, I guess, is the is the, is the most fair answer. Uh, it, it is changed because as we have a parachain, there are certain functionalities that will directly be available to uh, because of the fact that we're all connected to the Polkadot. Um, and there, there, but there's also capability of deploying DKG smart contracts on Akala with their expected support for EVM smart contracts. That's going to be much kind of even even easier. And then that's going to also be uh, a route that that's possible. So that support um, can be either directly through the Akala's parachain or through. Polkadot basically utilizing Origin Trails parachain. So just uh, it's a, it might be a decision based on a particular use case of uh, what someone is uh, deploying for and what they use in DKG for. Okay. The option is still going to be there. So Origin Trail remains a multi-chain network. However, it's going to be up to each user to decide if they want to use Ethereum. Fine, they can still use it. It's going to cost a lot, but you know, <laughs> but the option is still there. It's going to be and remain multi-chain. I see. Okay, so the the user has the option, and um, normally the the user goes for the the more uh, the faster and more efficient option. So I think uh, we can kind of see the the direction that's heading there. Very cool. Okay, so we talked about the decentralized knowledge graph, and that kind of um, gives the the stage for this concept that I, I heard first from you folks uh, about the semantic web. Can you can you talk a bit about what that means? Uh, sure. So the semantic web is is something that has been even as a design um, of of the internet basically was created was was something that was kind of a a concept that was sought for, and it's just a a thought or a concept where it it seems um, highly likely to have uh, in you know digitalized world uh, world that will have a chance for the machines to be able to talk to each other. But in order to achieve that and have those conversations quote unquote be uh, be efficient we need that type of a semantic web where we're going to have not just information but also meaning attached to it as they're being uh, exchanged and that type of a future is possible if we have a combination that uh, origin trail is very much addressing so you you need to have a combination of a, of a trust component where you have things like identity and verifiability uh, readily available because you want to make sure that you know who is sending what or who is claiming what and that you can verify that that hasn't been tampered with and you also will have the chance to have meaning associated with the information that's being shared which knowledge graphs are all about that right uh, they really enable multiple ontologies uh, and different ways of how you can describe certain things so that when in the future we'll have two machines negotiating a a deal between a physical product and, and, a, and a metaverse item uh, that's going to be able to be uh, done by using almost like two people would use words to understand each other um, and, and conclude certain computations on, the, on that basis without kind of um, being able to leverage much more of this connected knowledge that gets uh, gets built out versus just raw data. So kind of like all, all things around ML or machine learning and, and AI modeling and stuff like that can become much more powerful, um, but we need to do it right in order to have the, the, the right outcomes. Uh, so that's why we... Like the Web3 approach uh, to it uh, offers, at least from our perspective, a much greater chance of success because of these key value propositions that are enshrined in it, like the trust layer and, and the identities. And uh, so the combination that uh, that Origin Trail as, as a DKG brings forward, um, we see it to be very much aligned with what the, the fathers of, of the internet had in mind uh, when they were kind of painting the, the, the future vision of what this could become. And that, uh, yeah, this is a step towards uh, towards making that happen. Yeah, the, I think that's a really compelling narrative there, uh, and I see it. I seen it um, 
communicated a couple of times across your your media going from this raw data and ascending up to to knowledge and through I think there's like four different phases of, of taking data and transforming it into knowledge and then what I understand about the decentralized knowledge graph is that you are now able to kind of commodify knowledge like a knowledge becomes an asset um, that that a person can own like I know this thing and I own that knowledge and then I can do things with that knowledge I think that is that's really compelling spot on you speak about it in, in just the right direction of how we how, how we're really approaching it and the thing is that with the knowledge also is not uh, stagnant so it's not just something that's like a point in time but it's rather something that you can work on develop update and it, it's going to be tied to any type of asset it could be a knowledge asset it could be a uh, physical item but you, you're you're going to be extend expanding a knowledge about a particular asset over time and you know a good example also are nft so 42 characters remaining the same and then you know maybe web2 website crashing down and you don't even have like the the source stuff available readily as opposed to having a 42 characters connected to an asset which is a knowledge asset which describes what that asset is in a persistent way and also allows you to add on top of it so 20 years down the line when you want to give that nft to to your kid or you want to sell it on you're actually going to be having something that's of value um, because that asset graph or that asset knowledge graph is going to be going to be there for you to uh, pass it on together with the ownership of a 42 character token. Uh, so that's like a, a thing that we see to be very valuable and it allows a whole new knowledge economy to, to kick off next to it. Cool. Yeah, no, it's um, it's super exciting. And, and I love hearing you guys talk about it. OK, so let's let's dig into uh, the actual parachain that you are building. Uh, I understand it's called Starfleet. You know, a, a little homage that's near and dear to me uh, for the the um, Star Trek fans out there. Um, Starfleet is uh, is the main federation, um, basically that is protecting the galaxy. So I love that there. Um, uh, yeah, let's talk about the particulars of it. I presume it's built with substrate. Yeah, it's not going to be called Starfleet. Uh, however, the multi chain direction that we uh, we 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 undertook uh, a year ago started undertaking a year ago is called start fleet phase and within the start fleet phase we decided to engage with several chains and then kind of the, the pinnacle is represented by by the polkadot integration so the uh the origin trail parachain and we call it origin trail parachain uh which is based on substrate technology so the name it is part of the start fleet phase however the name is still kind of very much straightforward for origin trail parachain but we're super happy to hear you be excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to make sure I get it right, though. So, uh, so Origin Portrayal of the Parachain is going to be the, the kind of um, facilitator to bring all of these different uh, races, if you will, from different blockchains together to form the, uh, the Starfleet Federation in this phase. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Yeah, but it, it, is, a, it is a substrate-based uh, chain that will be, uh, yeah, that will be deploying, and it's... Um, I mean, for us, um, you know, we mentioned it a little bit, but it's it's really about the, having the capability of creating a blockchain layer that can understand the DKG. Um, it's very powerful, right? And and Polkadot really enables that. You, it's it's not possible with the current kind of um, infrastructure that's available out there, but just because it wasn't built that way. And here you have a chance to build something on um, that that can be so tailored, but at the same time have the shared security element, which is. Uh, again, for a project like us um, or, or for an ecosystem like Origin Trail is so powerful um, because it, it really allows you to focus on, again, what kind of your core strength is. Um, and in, in our case, it's really the decentralized knowledge graph and how to make the most out of it. And with this um, Origin Trail parachain, it's going to be the, the perfect blockchain layer, a perfect component to not only use, but also enhance the capability of, of DKG by having this blockchain layer. Again, like we were talking about how much impact just multi-chain deployments had uh, in the last year, we see like equal amount, if not more, because it's perpetual as well. So that's another thing that's so cool because you can actually create more stuff as time goes on and have this, um, you know, a chance to really on-chain deploy uh, new code into the into the code base and have it be uh, available and update. That that's again something that's very powerful for us because we see uh, as a as a perpetual and as a uh, uh, motor basically that can be adapted to what the DKG has to offer um, and just 
supercharge it, make it more powerful. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, it's going to be like a blockchain layer home for, for DKG use. It's... And are you folks targeting to imitate the, the, the pattern that we've seen with Kusama and, and Polkadot? Like, are you going to have a, a canary network deployed on, on Kusama and then a, a main network on, on Polkadot? This, uh, actually, this remains to be seen. However, our first step is going to be to secure the, the parachain on Polkadot, uh, mainly for one reason. Uh, we have the adoption coming from like serious enterprises. And uh, although we like chaos, mm. um, some of the um, participants within the Origin Trade ecosystem do, would not like chaos uh, meddling with their, with their <laughs> use cases. So the, the aim is to go with, uh, with Polkadot first, and then uh, we'll see in the future. Uh, it's, we, see, we see very, very good reasons to have a canary network, that's, that's for sure. Uh, however, we don't have that in our um, kind of foreseeable plans so far, uh, but never say never. It's, it, I think it's really good to have a canary network. You can, you can play around with it, you can really do chaos with it, you can experiment, you can innovate with it, and uh, Kusama is uh, really home to a lot of innovative uh, projects. And uh, I personally hoped to also see Origin Trail sometimes in the future to be able to deploy some of its crazy stuff on, on a canary network. Cool. And now that you mentioned crazy stuff, I have to ask, do you have any ideas of what that crazy stuff looks like? Do you want to give us a little hint? Huh. Oh, man, there's a... There's a whole Pandora <laughs> box of the things that you can... Maybe that's an unfair question. We've touched a few things, I think, already, like within the, you know, within even what you suggested around uh, how how you can own knowledge and what's that kind of knowledge economy potential really holds. And uh, so there's a lot of um, crazy uh, idea tracks that you can follow even even just from that kernel. And and you can come to some some stuff uh, that's yeah pretty wild. But uh, like you guys said, for really the there's an existing um, push or existing the demand for capabilities of Origin Trail to be available on a production ready network. Uh, so that's why uh, that's why Dot is uh, or Polkadot is really the yeah the the one that needs to be first in order of, of deployment and then as, as soon as the, again that capability is going to be unleashed uh, then it, it allows us more space to to look at the the crazy stuff very cool always got to try and um to to squeeze out some alpha wherever we can in this space you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay uh coming back to the uh the parachain implementation so being a parachain your your security is going to be insured by the polka dot Rel relay chain in terms of collators are you imagining that it will be like a public and open or are you going to have a more curated set of collators yeah so that's uh, like it remains to be uh to be entirely communicated or, or defined uh, as a general um, approach or general principles that we pursue we we like to see things to be more uh, open where they can be uh, and and kind of permissionless in that sense to create more kind of game theoretical mechanisms that can allow for uh, for network participants to join in Similarly to how you know Origin Trail is a decentralized network, is is also a permissionless network. So nodes can uh, come into the network or leave the network as they see best fit for their uh, for their purpose, and it, it creates a certain community and it creates a certain um, yeah like a mechanisms that we see to be pretty pretty interesting. So uh, as a general impulse, we'll always start from the position, can this be open? Can this be permissionless? And then work our way from that. But of course, there's also good arguments for, for looking at, it, at a more selected group, especially for collators, since it's it's not really miners in, in that sense, right? It's, it's just they're more pulling stuff together and getting it ready for the relay chain. So that there is definitely a clear difference in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think on the, on the parachain level, the security and also decentralization is quote unquote uh, outsourced to layer zero so to polkadot and in that sense uh we have a little bit of a different uh, thinking about the the layer one um then uh, say the dkg uh network so decentralized knowledge gra graph network which is completely permissionless anybody can join in and set up, set up a node and start 
receiving data that is being relayed by data publishers. So this is completely permissionless, mainly because there is no such technology as a decentralized knowledge graph. So we wanted to base the, the network on a permissionless uh, basis. Uh, and then looking towards the layer one, we already see that the decentralization and security angle is very much um, satisfactorily solved by the layers zero. Uh, and the main aim within this transition also to Polkadot is also to bring the nodes within the DKG on board with this uh, parachain story. So essentially giving them some sort of an idea of the positive outcomes for them should they decide to transition immediately to parachain layer one. And the details of how we aim to create, um, I would say, positive outcomes to that are going to be known sometimes in the, in the future. But once they're known, the idea is really to have a compelling story for the existing community of node runners. And right now we have, I think, around 2,500 nodes globally deployed, uh, which are receiving uh, information onto their nodes, which we hope to uh, you know, bring onto using the Origin Trail parachain as soon as it, as it is deployed. Very cool. I'm curious, um, now that we're talking about uh, node maintainers, is it common for folks that are running a DKG node to also run a node on a particular blockchain that is their favorite or, or across all of the blockchains that you support? Uh, do you guys have information on that or insight on that? Um, just talking with uh, a couple of um, node runners, I did get an impression, I did receive an information from them that in the past, at least, they were running Ethereum nodes. So typically, the, the DNA of such a user is uh, definitely connected to some experience with running uh, nodes in one or the other blockchain. But that's like stemming from my experience was talking to a handful or just a couple of, of people running nodes. Cool, but it's it's not necessary. You could just run a DKG node or you could just run. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. very it's, cool. Very now, cool. These, these things are also getting easier. So uh, you you need to have some technical capabilities to to set it up, and it, it's intentionally so. But um, yeah, there's it's it's not a blocker if you don't if you're not engaged on a blockchain layer. You can just run a DKG node. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there there are several web resources that people can visit. Uh, of course, there is OriginTrail.io uh, where people can find all the details. But we also have uh, at least, to my knowledge, three community websites curated by mostly node runners. And you can find splendid information on how to run a node on uh, origintrailexplain.info. I think it's .info. Uh, and then trackdeepdive.io, if I'm not mistaken. So just if you just Google tra trace deep dive, you'll, you're going to find them. And there is also a project called Project One. Uh, also set up by a group of community members, uh, also explaining the way Origin Trail uh, nodes are operated, giving you all the imp important knowledge that you need when you are deciding to run a node. Uh, also, there are some rap songs uh, produced by one of the community members that goes by name Famous Amos. You can find <laughs> them on uh, YouTube under the chillzone.net um, handle. And you're going to find all the cool rap songs about Origin Trail and also some tutorials on how to run the node. So overall, it's a very um, savvy community that is always willing to help, help newcomers on, you know, when they, when they want to start using technology. So we're really privileged and happy to have such a splendid community. That's awesome. I think um, you haven't made it until um, somebody writes a rap song about your project. So I think, <laughs> I think that's a good sign for you guys. This should be like a, a must-have. <laughs> yeah, I would be. Yeah, that's we, we're, we're light, light years ahead on this one. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, let's talk about what Origin Trail is used for right now. You you kind of uh, touched on it a little bit, but maybe you can give us like um, an example of of a full life cycle, like how so, how somebody would use Origin Trail today. Mm. Yeah, so we we, are, we traditionally stand from supply chain use cases, and Origin Trail uh, in the beginnings where it was used for uh, for food supply chains, essentially allowing consumers. Uh, when they scan a pro product, say yogurt or a piece of uh, meat, to receive all the information which has been verified by the trust network in the past, that was like Ethereum, then Xdiamatic, and soon soon we're gonna see uh, Polkadot here. 
so that was a first, I would say, alpha um, or, or beta su supply chain use case that we got into. Uh, then also partnering, partnering with uh, a few world-class companies in the space, such as uh, the British Standards Institution, we went a little bit more broadly. Uh, so the British Standards Institution, they are um, putting their fingers into all the sectors uh, within the supply chains, from condoms to aviation, healthcare, um, pharmaceuticals, and essentially what they are doing, they're deploying Origin Trail for all of those um, sectors. Uh, and in, in many kind of different variations. One such variation we already mentioned, so the North American retailers are using Origin Trail to exchange audit reports about some uh, 22 or 23,000 factories, mostly from China, and then also exchanging this, these reports amongst themselves. So Walmart would send the reports to Costco, but at the same time, they wouldn't know that these, these reports are being exchanged by, by the said uh, companies. And that way, they would still retain um, privacy of sensitive data. And at the same time, they would gain benefits because they would not need to repeat the same audit on the same factory from, from China, say. So huge, um, huge benefits in terms of both efficiency and, and transparency. In, at the same time, also the, the U.S. Um, um, kind of government bodies, the, uh, the Homeland Security uh, is going to be able to query uh, such information. So that's hugely, hugely important because the information about the products that are coming into the United States, it is also kind of um, describing where these products are coming from and also the production um, methods. So it was the child labor used when uh, these uh, products were uh, produced. Is the factory in any way associated with any organization that might be financing terrorism? So very important topics are somehow being described within those audit reports. So perhaps going now more from traditional supply chain use cases into something a little bit more funky and Web3 based, we're also using Origin Trail to make uh, NFTs discoverable uh, and also verifiable and uh, most importantly connected. Uh, we saw that within the NFT space, our idea is that it's not going to be enough just to have an NF NFT, a 42 character string, but you would also want to protect the underlying uh, data about a specific NFT. And Origin Trail is ca capable of doing that. You can record information about an NFT, so the underlying asset on the DKG, which gives you uh, essentially a protection of the underlying asset. At the same time, you can also connect that underlying asset with other NFTs that you might have created or bought somewhere. And in that way, you can create a bundle of NFTs. We call that a um, NFT supercharging. We even launched a project which is called an NFT supercharger, which allows you to check uh, which, uh, which NFTs exist and are already linked to DKG and you can uh, select them. Uh, essentially, you can, um, you can claim ownership and then you can connect them together. In the future, we believe that it is going to be possible to also attach certain additional attributes to your uh, NFTs or the underlying data about about the NFT, and in that way you're going to be able to essentially grow, expand the value of your existing NFT. So this perhaps pertain, uh, goes uh, falls into a bucket bucket to a little bit more funky uh, use cases that we're involved in. And in the future, we aim to have Origin Trail very much uh, kind of a retail-based project, which is not only targeting enterprise but also um, use cases within the Web3 space, uh, NFT space, metaverse space. And I'm sure Tomas has plenty of uh, other ideas here. <laughs> this is just, I would say, a tip of the iceberg. Oh, man, yeah. The list is very long. So, like, you know, there's pharmaceuticals. That's uh, also we've just uh, spoken more about uh, recently. Uh, of we did, There's just a deployment for uh, tracking uh, donated medicine uh, in India, over 40 distribution centers with an ongoing rollout in over 80 countries in developing uh, developing countries. So, you know, those are huge impact projects, and and uh, more of them are are happening literally as we speak. There's uh, a little kind of also more interesting one for my particular uh, interest is uh, the side of the. Uh, Irish whiskey. Uh, there's an, <laughs> a startup Irish distillery that is uh, creating the whole basically storyline around their product utilizing Origin Trail technology and um, 
creating collateral information about the products that they're creating. So that's there's there's really a lot of different um, bits and uh, happening globally uh, utilizing this technology. And the one that or the, the the thing is that I'm more most excited is that there's definitely a sense of convergence that's uh, that's happening. You know whether we're talking about British Standards Institution issuing over 200,000 certificates uh, using DKG, or is it the whiskey, or if it's pharmaceutical, um, or is it NFTs? There's a sense of convergence happening with this technology because it's a single decentralized network within which you can find all of these different assets and you can verify them and you can add to them. And especially as we are moving in the world, you know, even the last year with Metaverse kicking off and going crazy and two years before DeFi going crazy and staying crazy, to be honest, uh, there's these hmm. concepts that we've created within Web3 that are so applicable also to the mainstream industries or the real world or whatever we want to call it and the convergence definitely has already started to happen and will continue to do so more and origin trail is the perfect uh, platform to allow that to happen because you'll have all these assets in a very unified way available for you despite the fact in which system they are actually living or where they've been deployed they've indexed here you can access them here you can update them you can transfer them um, and that's that's really where the, the like the network effect start to even more going crazy uh, because a particular piece of garment that you're you know wearing today might also be available in metaverse and that's going to be the same asset that you own across multiple uh, different realms um, and maybe in you know as you move it from one metaverse to the other the previous metaverse will attach information of what your experiences were in that particular case and the second one is going to be aware of that. So they'll be able to build on top of uh, where you left off. So there's just a, like in terms of as a component, it allows so much creativity to happen. And, and that creativity as these convergences happen with all the existing breadth of uh, uh, adoption that already exists on Origin Trail and is, is coming day in, day out. Um, it, it's only opening up potential for more. So excited. Yeah, yeah, no, I can definitely tell um, you're really passionate about this topic and, and it's getting me excited as well. With such big companies using your, your product, like you, you mentioned some of them already, the, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, but you're also working with um, Home Depot, Walmart and Target, like these big, uh, big international companies, some of them. That, that sounds pretty mainstream already, but, but it sounds like you're just getting started. Like it sounds like you're, you're just there's so much more to come. So what does mainstream look like to you guys? Yeah, uh, mainstream is... Uh... I think it's a little bit more difficult to, uh, to tackle if you are trying to push your solutions out. How, however, if you kind of behave in an open source manner and then uh, invite people to test what you have, uh, then you can really kind of, when you have them in your you know, site, you can really show what the technology is capable of. And I remember, uh, I think it's four years, been four or three years ago, when... Uh, the innovation director from one of the most important partnerships that we have, the British Standards Institution, uh, met uh, our CTO, our, our co-founder, Branimir, uh, in Shanghai. He, actually his colleague, then later on, I think he worked for Consensus, and now he works for a big company. So he was the one that then um, ran the first testnet node um, and uh, really uh, play, played around with the technology before they actually decided to visit us in Slovenia and before we had like one, two, three, four meetings that eventually yielded uh, a couple of uh, first implementations in, in, in this space. So it's, uh, I would say the approach towards reaching out to mainstream is very much diverse. There is no one recipe. Uh, however, there is one, I would say, commonality to all of them. It's, it's a context port. And this is also something that's being, that was uh, reiterated by one of our uh, partners working with the web three companies and um, company working with web web three from the mainstream essentially it should be a context sport because you need to uh, grow uh, trust between the two parties before something can really happen and actually our uptake and adoption happened back in 2019-20 when there was still a bear market so people were um, overarchingly skeptical about the web three solutions about tokenized uh, products so we had to really go through uh, I would say we had to go through ice. We had to break the ice and really show the value of that is uh, that can be delivered with Origin Trail. We went to real world conferences, so not the, the crypto conferences. We mostly spend our, our time at um, um, certain like supply chain events 
talking to potential clients and then getting those potential clients to work with uh, Origin Trail Technology. One such client we met at the GS1 event and GS1 uh, is a global organization that delivers standards for supply chain purposes. And this is where we met uh, a guy from the Swiss, Swiss Federal Railways. And uh, a few months later, Swiss Federal Railways would start uh, deploying things on the Origin Trail protocol. So it's uh, really hard to kind of conclude and say you should do this and you should do that, but it's it's mostly a context port. Yes, yes, that makes sense. Okay, and so right now you're also you're mainly serving these big big corporations, um, but do you see a use case in the near future? I mean, we already talked a little bit about NFTs, but do you see any more use cases for an individual user? Uh, I mean, we talked about um, an individual having knowledge and that being becoming an asset. Like, what uh, what mm-hmm. sorts of transactions would you see Origin Trail being useful for, like an individual that has some knowledge? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now the next iteration of Origin Trail is called V6, and V6 is introducing a couple of very novel concepts. One of them is called uh, Universal uh, Asset Locator, which is essentially um, a cousin of URL in, in Web2 sense. So in Web3 sense, we call it the UAL to kind of analogous to URL. And uh, the aim there is to be able to attach these UAL ad- identities to just about any asset that you own as an individual, a car, a bottle of whiskey, house, a, a, a monkey or, or whatever NFT, funky NFT you might, you might have in your pocket. And uh, by being able to attach those identities to your to your assets, you're going to be making those assets discoverable. And these assets are going to be discoverable via uh, quite a similar uh, type of a browser or an explorer to what we know today as to, quite similar to what Google is. So you'll be able to browse, browse your your assets and. Um, if you're gonna gonna want to sell those assets, if you're gonna want to grow their value, you're gonna want to connect those assets that might be coming from like different blockchain ecosystems from OpenSea. And essentially, when someone is, is looking for a NFT that you might be owning, you want to see this asset pop up very high on that search rank. And we're even adapting tokenomics in a sense that uh, you're gonna have be be, be able to stake a token in order to make that asset that you own more visible in that in that search. So um, this is kind of a, akin to the AdSense that Google is using, but in a Web3 sense, because it's not only about the information, it's about the asset. So this kind of the infrastructure that is being built right now is predominantly going to be catering to retail users such as yourself. Mm. That's fascinating. I'm just trying to wrap my brain around what that means. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, we're going to have to build it and uh, it's going to be a little bit more easily easy. It's going to yeah. be easier to understand. Also the DKG before it was delivered, many people confused DKG with pure blockchains, but DKG was n- never a-, a blockchain. So we had to build it, show how it works. And I think now people really do understand what's the difference between the DKG and the pure uh, blockchain projects. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a Google type impact, you know? That uh, right. the way the way how you search now for within the web two and it's how you can't search within the web three, um, but then also kind of how how you are able to influence the the search and uh, how you can enrich the the asset and then work around it. So there's going to be yeah a, a lot of touch points with uh, individual users. Um, so with with so much um, comparison to to Google, I wonder if like in the near future we're, we're going to start using Origin Trail as a as a verb, just like you know to Google something is a verb now. Oh, ju- just Origin Trail it. Oh, you need to know that information. Origin Trail it. <laughs> yeah. That's the idea. <laughs> I'll, I'll, Very we'll, cool. we'll make some proposals. <laughs> Uh, okay, so here's a question. Do you see Origin Trail fitting into the the digital identity kind of um, vertical that we, we have in the space? Uh, yeah, I mean, the digital uh, identity, it's, it's, it's a very important component, right? Because the, the, you know, we were talking before as well a little bit about the importance of trust and kind of how, how you base trust and identity is just such a core component of that. Uh, UILs, our identity 
based as well. So the whole the whole thing, everything, either that's an asset or that's an issuer of an asset or that's an owner of an asset, has identity enshrined in in, in it. So we are very big um, users of of the decentralized identity concepts and and um, tools kind of that are built within that. It are very useful and compatible with what Origin Trail is creating as well, uh, because it's it's everything is connected to that type of uh, to that type of an approach. Um, it also extends it because uh, as you have these different identities, you can build around identities. So you can, if that's an identity of an asset, again, you can build out that uh, that you know, claims around a particular asset. Or if it's an identity of an organization, you can do the same. You can build claims around a particular organization. If it's an individual, same thing. But the important component also of the identity is that you as an owner of that asset or an owner of a particular uh, yeah, an asset within the DKG. You are in charge of what really gets appended and how. Uh, so it's not uh, that's how you're kind of uh, getting away with spam and and because you can you can design it in a way that uh, actually that the owner is the has the authority to decide of what really gets connected in, uh, with the with the asset that they own and control. So that's the a very important part of of having the identity. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've yeah. had, uh, and it also could be could be understood as a as a, as an identity project, one layer above the existing identity um, things that we have seen verifiable credentials from the W3C uh, side, uh, which has introduced something that we now use for, let's say, training certificates, uh, uh, which BSI is um, allowing its users to kind of. Uh, use the DKG and then we essentially use the standard of ver verifiable credentials. And then we have like different types of standards for identities uh, uh, within the blockchain space, whereas the UIL, so the, um, the unique asset locator, essentially is capable of describing all of these underlying identities. Branimir, our co-founder, likes to call them objects. However, kind of to really describe these different objects within the identity space, we apply this universal asset locator because we wanted to have one concept that can really interlink them all. Very cool. So the answer is it's possible to, to do it, but um, it's also possible to do a lot of things with Origin Trail. And, and we're still so early, we <laughs> haven't fully seen all the things that will will come to pass. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so we're coming up to the top of the hour here. I want to uh, touch on one more thing and then see if you have anything else to add. You folks started this uh, this thing called the Trace Alliance, um, of which Parity is a member of. Um, can you talk a bit more about what this alliance is all about, what it does, and um, what we can see kind of uh, coming out of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Alliance is... Uh... A little bit of a more loose organization. It's not a for-profit oriented entity, uh, but that allows us to really be uh, working with a multitude of different uh, companies, organizations, not-for-profits, and some of them might be even uh, competing against each other in certain scenarios. However, having the neutral ground really allows us to talk about uh, like topics that are tying together these uh, very diverse uh, actors. So one such example is, is Parity, which has been very instrumental towards um, us being able to, uh, to work with the substrate technology and using the Trace Alliance as, a, as an outlet. We were able to also bring in um, community members from the Origin Trail side, which are all together working in uh, so-called working groups where we discuss um, certain proposals on how we should be updating uh, Origin Trail, and we also invite different parties. Uh, we also had uh, people from other parachain projects joining those calls. So all of these things are kind of converging and coming together within the uh, Trace Alliance organization, which is right now it has quite a respectable list of different organizations. We even had um, people from uh, US government organization joining the working group calls uh, one such example was, um, don't remember the, the guy's name, but uh, he was from the US FDA, so a very important organization joining the Trace Alliance call. And it's kind of very open-ended. So whatever challenge we, we see that we have, not only as a, as a company or as a community, but as an ecosystem in, in general, that three ecosystem, we invite different stakeholders to, to join us in, in the Trace Alliance in order to find a solution that, that would be mutually acceptable and that we can all build upon. Amazing. 
And that's, uh, that's a key kind of tenant in, in the space in general. Um, you know, teams, even if they are uh, working, uh, like competing in the same kind of vertical can still come together and, and work together because uh, the space is still so early and there's a, there's a lot of the pie to cut up for, for everyone. And uh, collaboration is the only way we're going to get there. Uh, so I love to hear, hear that you guys are, are uh, being good examples of that. Um, okay, so I I want to thank you guys for for being here. Is there anything that um, that we didn't touch on that you want to tell the folks about today? Oh, I think we touched quite a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm uh, I'm just uh, there's a lot of things happening in the future, but this is a little bit more tied towards uh, having a little bit of a snapshot of what's going on in Origin Trail. So. Uh, not sure if we can spill uh, some beans here, but uh, a lot of interesting things are going to happen in the following weeks and, and months, uh, generally in Polkadot ecosystem, mostly in Origin Draw ecosystem. So uh, just um, stay tuned and uh, whatever interesting question or whatever comment you might have, you can join the Telegram. Our community is very friendly. Uh, they're going to cater you with all the knowledge they have. Uh, and uh, it's... Uh, so overall, it's, it's going to be fun. We have, like like we said, we have plenty of rap songs which have already erupted within the Origin Fair ecosystem. So <laughs> come on in, join us, and have fun with us. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that sentiment, man. Exciting things happening. Join, join the fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shiga and Tomas, for being here. It's been an amazing chat. Um, I feel like we could have gone uh, deeper and, and unpacked some more, but um, we're, we'll have to sign off for now, and perhaps we'll have you back again. Um, and by the next time, maybe you'll have a pair chain on Polkadot already. Who knows? All right. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks for joining us this week on Relay Chain. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the subjects we talked about today. So please reach out to us on Twitter at RelayChain or by email podcast at Parity.io. The team at Parity has some of the brightest minds working towards building a robust and inclusive ecosystem that puts power back into the hands of its community members. With cross-chain communication as a primary goal, we aim to break down the tribalistic barriers that have formed throughout the blockchain industry. If you want to learn more about what we're building, or if you want to join our team, visit our website at parity.io and sign up for our newsletter at parity.io newsletter.